Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Ooh, chapter two. Well, that went fast, huh? A series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket, book the 11th, The Grim Grotto. Chapter two. We're about to find out if it's friend or foe. I think it's one of the quagmires and the group of adults. Peyton, if you didn't know the answer, what do you think you would guess? Probably that. Probably friend. Okay. Maybe the other quagmire triplets? No, I, I feel like it would be like... Like a friend from maybe like like their neighborhood or something. Oh, okay. Cool. Good guess. Chapter 2. Right down here, the echoey voice said as the Baudelaire orphans began their journey down the ladder. Aye, mind the ladder. Close the hatch behind you. Don't rush. No, take your time. Don't, fa- don't fall. Mind your step. Aye, don't drip. Oh, don't trip. Don't make noise. Don't scare me. Don't look down. No, look where you're going. Don't bring any flammable liquids with you. Watch your feet. Aye, no, you watch your back. No, watch your mouth. No, watch yourselves. Aye. Oh, my gosh. Does it go on like that the whole time? Is that kind of like how they are you and Bicker? It looks like Tweedledee and Tweedledum down there, huh? Aye, Sunny whispered to her siblings. Aye, Klaus explained, is another word for yes. I. The voices said again, keep your eyes open, look out below, look out above, look for spies, look for one another, look out, aye, be careful, be very aware, be very much, take a break, no, keep going, stay awake, calm down, cheer up, keep climbing, keep your eye on your shirt, aye. As desperate as the situation was, the Baudelaire's almost found themselves giggling at the voices that were shouting so many instructions and so many few of them, so few of them made sense that it would have been impossible for the children to follow them. And the voice was quite cheerful and a bit scattered, as if whoever was talking did not really care if the instructions were followed and had probably forgotten them already. Okay, I'm taking a drink of my coffee. Sorry, you guys. I need some wakey uppy. <laughs> okay, sorry, guys. Um, okay, beep, 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 beep. Hold on to the railing, the voice continued as the Baudelaire spotted the light at the end of the passageway. Aye, no, hold on to yourselves. No, hold on to your hats. No, hold on to your hands. No, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a second. Stop waiting. Stop war. Stop injustice. Stop bothering me. Aye. You know what it sounds like? There's like a bunch of minions down there. Sunny had been the first to enter the passageway so that it would, so she would be the first to reach the small Oh, the bottom of the lower, but the bottom and lower herself into a small dim room with very low ceiling. Standing in the center of the room was an enormous man dressed in a shiny suit made of some sort of slippery looking material with equally slippery looking boots on his feet. On the front of the suit was a portrait of a man with a beard, although the man made himself had the man himself had no beard, merely a very long mustache. A very long mustache curled up on both sides like a pair of parentheses. 
Uh, one of you is a baby, he cried, and Klaus and Violet lowered themselves to next to their sister. I no, both of you are babies. There's three of you? No, none of you are babies. Well, here's sort of, she's sort of a baby. Welcome, I, hello, good afternoon. Is it a parrot? No. Howdy, shake my hand, I. Does he have Tourette's syndrome? Oh my god, mom. Just wondering. Uh, I am reading. Remember, I'm the one that's reading. The Baudelaire's hurriedly shook the man's hand, which was covered in a glove and made of the same slippery material. My name is Violet, Violet started to say. Baudelaire, the man interrupted. I know, I'm not stupid. I, and you're close and sunny. You're the Baudelaire's, the three Baudelaire children. I, the ones in the Daily Punctilio, blames for all the crime that they think that you did, but you're really innocent nonetheless and in a big heap of trouble. Of course, nice to meet you in person, so to speak. Let's go. Follow me. I, oh my gosh. They, they are going to need a nap after him. He's like having the hyper kid over at your house after school when, and, and then it's too late because they're there for a couple hours. And then your mom's exhausted. The man whirled around and stomped out of the room, leaving the bewildered Baudelaire's little else to do but follow him down the corridor. The corridor was covered in metal pipes that ran along the walls, floors, and ceilings so that the Baudelaire sometimes had to duck or step very high in order to make their way. Occasionally, drops of water would drip from one of the pipes and land on their heads, but they were already so damp from the stricken stream that they scarcely noticed. Besides, they were far too busy trying to follow the man that was saying too many things. Let's see. I'll put you to work right away. I no, first give him a tour. No, I'll give him your lunch. No, I'll introduce you to my crew. No, I'll let you rest. No, I'll let you get better uniforms. I. It's important that everybody wear a waterproof uniform in case the submarine collapses and we find ourselves underwater. Of course, in that case, we'll need diving helmets. Except Sunny because she can't wear one. I guess she'll drown. No, she can curl up inside the di- the diving helmet. I, oh my gosh. The helmets have tiny doors in the neck just for such purposes. I, I've seen it done before. I've seen it done many times. Um, excuse me, Violet said, but do you want, can you tell us who you are? The man whirled around and faced the children and held up his hand over his head. What? He roared. You don't know who I am? I've never been so insulted in my life. No, I have many times. In fact, I I remember when Count Olaf turned me in and said that in his horrible voice of his, oh, never mind. No, I'll tell you. I'm Captain Widdershins. That spells W-I-D-D-E-R-S-H-I-N-S backwards. It's S-N-I-H-S-R. Well, never mind. Nobody spells it backwards. Anyways, except people who have no respect for the alphabet and that, and they're not here, are they? No, Klaus said. We have a great deal of respect for the alphabet. I should say so, the captain cried. Klaus Baudelaire disrespect the alphabet? Why, it's unthinkable. Aye, it's illegal, it's impossible, it's not true. How dare you say so? No, you didn't say so. I apologize. One thousand times I. Is this your submarine, Captain Widdershins? Violet asked. What, Captain Word? You don't know whose submarine this is? I've... I've re-owned an invent, uh, a renowned inventor like yourself, and you have the faintest sense of basic submarine history. Of course, this is my submarine. This has been my submarine for years. I, it's never been. Have you never heard of Captain Widdershins and 
the the Queequeg. Have you heard of the submarine Q and its and its crew of two? That little nickname I made it myself with a little help. I I think Josephine would have told you about the the Queequeg. After all, I patrolled Lake Lacrimose for years. Poor Josephine, there's not a day that I don't think of her eye, except some days it slips my mind. Tatui? Sonny asked. I was told that it would take me some time to understand everything you said, Captain said. Looking down at Sonny, I'm not sure I'll find the time to learn another foreign language, I. Perhaps I can enroll in some night classes. Well, what my sister means, Violet said quickly is that she's curious how you know so much about us. How does anyone not know everything about anything? The captain replied. I read it, of course. I I read every volunteer factual dispatch I've received, although lately I haven't received any. I that's why I'm glad you have you happened along. I I thought it might be the faint might faint when I peered through the periscope and saw your faces staring back at me. I, I was sure it was you, but I didn't hesitate to ask you for the password. I, I never hesitate. I, that's my personal philosophy. The captain stopped in the middle of the hallway and pointed to a brass rectangle that was attached to the walls. It was, it was a plaque, a word here, which means a metal rectangle with the words carved on it. It usually it usually to indicate that something important has happened on the spot where the rectangle is attached. The plaque has a large VFDI carved into it and to the top, watching over the words of the captain's personal philosophy, carved into enormous letters, but the Baudelaire's had to lean in so close to see what it was printed beneath it. He who hesitates is lost, the captain cried, pointing at each word with a thick gloved finger. Or, Violet added, pointing to a word of someone that had added in scratchy handwriting. My stepdaughter added it, Captain Wittershin said, and she's right. Or she, one day I was talking, I was walking down this very hallway and I realized that anyone can be lost if they hesitate. A giant octopus could be chasing you and if you decide to pause for a moment to tie your shoes, what would happen? All that would be lost, and then this would happen. I, that would be a personal philosophy, and I never hesitate. Never, I, well, sometimes I do, but I try not to, because he or she who hesitates is lost. Let's go, without hesitating a moment longer. Captain, oh wait, I keep wanting to say Captain Sham. Captain Wittershins whirled around and led the children further and further down the corridor, which echoed in the odd sound of his waterproof boots each time he took a step. The children were a bit dizzy from the captain's chatter, and they were thinking about this personal philosophy and whether or not it ought to be their personal philosophies as well. Having a personal philosophy is like having a pet marmoset because it may be very attractive when you acquire it, but then there may be situations when it will not be coming in at handy at all. He or she hesitates. He or she who hesitates is lost. Sounded like a response. A reasonable philosophy at first, but the Baudelaire's could think of a situation in which hesitating might be the best thing to do for them. Violet was glad that she hesitated when she and her siblings were living with Aunt Josephine. Otherwise, she might have never realized the important the importance of peppermints that she found in her pocket. Klaus, Klaus was glad he's headed, he'd hesitated at Heimlich Hospital 
Otherwise, he might not have thought of a way to disguise Sonny and himself as medical professionals so that they could rescue Violet from having an unnecessary surgery. And Sonny was glad that she'd hesitated outside Count Olaf's tent at Mount Frott. Otherwise, she might not have never heard the name of the last safe place, which the Baudelaire's still hoped to reach. But despite all of these incidents in which the hesitation had been very helpful, the children did not wish to adopt. He or she does not hesitate is lost. Oh, who does not is lost as their personal philosophy because a giant octopus might come along any moment, particularly when the Baudelaire's were on a board were on board a submarine and the siblings would be very foolish to hesitate if the octopus were coming from coming after them. Perhaps the Baudelaire's thought their wisest personal philosophy concerning hesitation would be sometimes he or she hesitates and sometimes he or she does not hesitate or should not hesitate. But it seemed too far long and vague to be much on much on a plaque or much use on a plaque. Maybe if I hadn't hesitated, the captain said and continued, the Queequeg would have been so much more repaired by now. Aye, the submarine Q and its crew of two has not been in the best of shape, I'm afraid. Aye, we've been attacked by villains and leeches and sharks and realtors and pirates and girlfriends and torpedoes and angry salmon. Aye, he stopped at a thick metal door and turned to the Baudelaire's inside. Everything from the ra- radar me- mechanisms to my alarm clock is malfunctioning i and that's why i'm so glad you're here violet baudelaire we're desperate for somebody with mechanical smarts well i'll see what i could do violet said we'll take a look captain well take a look captain Woodershins cried and swung open the door the baudelaires followed him into an enormous cavernous room that echoed when the captain smoked, and there were pipes on the ceiling, pipes on the floor, and pipes sticking out of the walls at all angles. Between the pipes is a bewildering array of panels with knots and gear, or knobs and gears and tiny screens, as well as tiny signs and tiny signs and sayings, things like danger, warning, and he or she who hesitates is lost. Here, there were a few green lights on, and the far end was an enormous wooden pile wooden table piled with books and maps and dirty dishes which stood beneath an enormous pothole which a porthole a word here which means a round window through which the Baudelaire's could see the filthy waters of the stricken stream this is the belly of the beast captain said aye it is the center of all the operations of the Queequeg this is where we control the submarine, eat our meals, research our missions, and play board games when we're tired of working. He strode over to the panel and ducked, ducked his head beneath it. Fiona, he called, come out of there. There was a faint rattling sound, and then the children saw something race from under the panel halfway across the floor in a dim green light, and it looked a moment to see a look like a little girl, a bit older than Violet, who was lying face up on a small wheeled platform. She was wearing this a suit just like Captain Wooderson's with a, the same portrait of the bearded man on front and had a flashlight in one hand and a pair of pliers in the other. Smiling, she handed the pliers to her stepfather, who had helped her up from the platform as she put a pair of eyeglasses on a triangular fl- frames. Baudelaire's, the captain said, this is Fiona, my stepdaughter. Fiona, this is Violet, Klaus, and Sunny Baudelaire. 
charmed, she said, extending a gloved hand to Violet and then to Klaus and then finally to Sunny, who gave Fiona a big toothy smile. I'm sorry I wasn't upstairs to meet you. I've been trying to repair this telegram device, but elect but electrical repair work is not my specialty. I, the captain said, for quite some time we've been we've stopped receiving telegrams, but Fiona can't seem to make make heads or tails of of that device. Violet, get to work. You'll have forgotten. You'll have to forgive my stepfather for the way he speaks, Fiona said, putting her arm around him. It can take some getting used to. Well, we don't have time to get used to anything, Captain Wittershins cried. There is no time to be passive. He who hesitates is lost. Or she, Fiona quickly corrected. Come on, Violet, I'll get you a uniform. If you're wondering whose portrait is is on the front, it's Herman Melville. He's one of my favorite authors, Klaus said. I really enjoyed the way he dramatizes the flight of an overlooked people, such as poor sailors or exploited youngsters through his strange, often experimental, philosophical prose. I should have known you'd like him, Fiona replied. When Josephine's house fell into the lake, my stepfather and I managed to save some of her library before it became too soaked. I read some of your decoding notes, Klaus. You're very perceptive. You're a very perceptive researcher. Well, it's very kind of you to say so, Klaus said. Aye, the captain cried. A perceptive researcher is just what we need. He stomped over to the table and lifted up some papers and... A certain taxi driver managed to smuggle these charts to me, he said, but I can't make heads or tail of them. They're confusing and they're confounding and they're controversial. No, that's not what I mean. I think you mean convoluted, Klaus said, peering at the charts. The conversation means having to do with conversations, but convoluted means complicated. What kind of charts are they? Tidal charts, the captain cried. We have to figure out the exact course of the predominant tides at the point where the stricken stream meets the sea. Klaus, I want you to find the uniform and then go to work immediately. Aye, aye, Klaus said, trying to get into the spirit of Queequeg. Aye, the captain answered happily in in a roar. Aye, Sunny asked. Aye, the captain said. I haven't forgotten you, Sonny. I'd never forget Sonny, not in a million years. Not that I ever will live that long, particularly because I don't exercise very much. But I don't like exercising, so it's worth it. Why, I remember when they wouldn't let me go to the mount- go mountain climbing because I hadn't even trained properly. And perhaps you should tell Sonny what you have in mind for her to do, Fiona said gently. Oh, of course, the captain said. Naturally. Our other crewmen have been been in charge of of cooking, but all he does is make these terrible damp casseroles, and I'm tired of them. I'm hoping your cooking skills might improve your meal situation. Seuss, Sunny said modestly, which meant something like, I haven't been cooking for very long, and her siblings were quite quick to translate. Well, we're in a hurry, Captain, the captain replied, walking over to a far door marked kitchen. We can't wait for Sunny to become an expert chef before getting to work. He or she who hesitates is lost. He opened the door and called inside. Cookie, get out here and meet the Baudelaire's. The children had heard some quiet, uneven footsteps as if the cook had 
said something wrong with one leg. The cook had something wrong with one leg. And then a man limped through the door wearing the same uniform as the captain and a wide smile on his face. Baudelaire's, he said. I always believed I would see you again someday. The three Baudelaire's looked at the man and then at one another in stupefaction. Yes, stupefaction, a word here which means amazement at seeing a man for the first time since their their stay at Lucky Smell's lumber mill when he was, when his kindness towards them had been one of the few positive aspects of their otherwise miserable chapter in their lives. Phil, Violet cried, what on earth are you doing here? He's the second of our crew too, the captain cried. I, the original second of the crew, was Fiona's mother, but she died in a maintenance accident quite a few years ago. I'm not sure if it was an accident, Fiona said. Then we had Jacques. Oh, that's kind of sad. Um, the captain continued, I, and that's what his name, Jacques, and then what's his name? Jacques's brother, the dreadful woman who turned out to be a spy. And finally, we have Phil, although I like to call him Cookie. I don't know why. I was tired of working at the lumber in the lumber industry, Phil said, and I was sure to find a better job and look at me now. Cook on on a dilapidated submarine. Life keeps on getting better and better. Well, you're always an op you were always an optimist, Klaus said. We don't need an optimist, Captain Wooderson said. We need a cook. Get to work, Baudelaire's, all of you. Aye, we have no time to waste. He who hesitates is lost. Or she, Fiona reminded her stepdaughter. And do we really... Father. <laughs> Stepfather. And do we really have to start right this minute? I'm sure the Baudelaire's are exhausted from their journey. We could spend the night, spend a nice quiet evening playing board games. <gasps> board games, the captain said in astonishment. Amusements? Entertainments? We don't have time for such things. Aye, today's Saturday and we only have five days left Thursday is the VFD gathering, and I don't want anyone at the Hotel Dumont to say that the queer queg, queer queg hasn't performed its mission. Mission, Sonny asked. Aye, Captain Wooderson said. We mustn't hesitate. We must act, and we must hurry. We must we must act, we must hurry, we must move, we must search, we must investigate, we must hunt, we must pursue. He, we must stop occasionally for a brief snack. We must find that sugar bowl before Count Olaf does. I. Do you know what the sugar bowl is, Peyton? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, you guys! She knows. I'll tell you. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop this so that Peyton can tell me. Sorry, guys. <laughs>